What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Man, we got a busy show today. We got schedule changes. We've got Will Fuller suspension. And of course, we have the waiver wire. And waivers aren't even running until tomorrow night. But we're still going to give you a sneak peek. We'll update you accordingly on Wednesday's show. It's Tuesday. And we're still not done with Fantasy Week 12. Of course, you are aware of that. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. All right, Jamie, this is a waiver wire show. We won't get distracted the entire time by by the other stuff. Uh, give me a zero to ten on the waverometer for this week's waiver wire. You know, it's an interesting week, obviously, with the Wednesday waiver moves because you're going to know some of the practice reports Wednesday, which changes some things. Because if Josh Jacobs is out and misses practice Wednesday it becomes a much more interesting waiver wire period. If Josh Jacobs practices, it becomes a very, very boring waiver yeah. period. Well, I should take it back. If Josh Jacobs, take Josh Jacobs out of the equation. If James Connors not back next week yeah. and one of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane go off on Wednesday, this running back period becomes a little bit more exciting. But without those guys, it becomes a very boring waiver period. Outside of maybe quarterback and tight end. Yeah, and we'll spice it up. We'll spice it up, of course. There are always players to pick up. Well, there up. are guys, for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to you have to replace Wolf Fuller, which sucks. And uh, there are there are some, you know, things that play. Look, you're down Carolina and Tampa Bay from a bye week standpoint. There's potentially six starting wide receivers in three receiver leagues there with how those guys have played. You know, so you, you might need some wide receiver help. And there are some running back options for you. But it's not like there's a maybe outside of Debo Samuel. There's there's not like a, this is a must start player at running back or wide receiver this week, barring injury slash COVID news. Sure. Okay, Dave, your thoughts. Hi. Hi. There's like <clears throat> if if Josh Jacobs is healthy and James Conner is back, then there's like one maybe two interesting players at each position. It's not as good as last week's waiver wire. Yeah. It's just not. And it sucks because this is the do or die week. It's okay, though, because th- this means you uh, you got you to gotta ride uh, with who got you there, right? With who brought you. Yeah, but it's always fun when you can find somebody late in the year that can carry you. And there is there's at least one candidate who might be that guy. Overall or at each position? Oh, at, at overall. Okay. One guy who might be able to carry you, but it's it's going to take a leap of faith and not worth the fab overspend to get him. It's on Cam Akers, right? That's the guy. Um, the other part of this, though, Adam, is to, to what you just said. We're getting some some healthy bodies back, which is nice. I mean, last week it was Eckler and Mostert. This week it could be Swift and Gaskin. And that's fantastic if those guys are 100%, especially for Swift. My gosh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great setup for him, um, especially if uh, Akeem Hicks is out for the Bears. Uh, they couldn't stop anything against the Packers on the ground. So, you know, I, I think it's a yeah. it's a great setup, obviously, to have those two guys back and, you know, Gaskin taking on the Bengals. I mean, let's go. Yeah, that'd be great. And and maybe Julio back this week, maybe Todd Gurley back this week. Any, any maybe David indi- Johnson back this week, too. Any indication sure. on Kenny Galladay? It'd be nice. It certainly would be nice to have him back because it, it ruins two players. It ruins Galladay and it ruins Stafford. Yeah. In this case, it would just ruin Marvin Jones. We'll take we'll take that trade off to get Galladay and Stafford back. 
Um, all right, so let's talk about the top priorities. We'll, we'll discuss the Baltimore situation. If you're not aware, waivers are running tomorrow night, and this game, if, it, if it's played before Sunday, it's going to count for Week 12. So you do not have finality. You do not have a conclusion to Week 12 yet, and you won't have it until that game is played unless it keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed until Sunday or later. And waivers will keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Oh, will they? Yes. Well, they have to have standings. Uh, do you have an option as a commissioner to run waivers tonight if you want to, or do they have to run tomorrow? Night? I would imagine you could do it manually, but I don't think you could do it. You, I, well, at least I, I, I can only speak for CBS and what I was told. You, you would have to do it manually. You can't, they won't process waivers until there are standings for your fantasy league because they can't. What about, right. They wouldn't have the order, but unless they're just using the current order, but, but what, like okay, so do you have to as a commissioner? Do you have to go into your commissioner tools on CBS and uncheck Tuesday night? No, you don't. They are not running. CBS is not running waivers on Tuesday night. Okay, so okay, that's good. Commissioner, fancy player, you know whatever the case may be, uh, CBS does that for us. All right, good. So they process the waivers, whatever box you have checked. So I play in twenty fantasy leagues. 15 of them or so are on CBS and uh, two of those leagues run waivers first time Wednesday night. So that is how it's set. The box is clicked for Wednesday. It's not clicked for Tuesday. Most of the leagues that we play in together, the waivers run on Tuesday. The box is clicked for Tuesday. If the box is clicked for Tuesday, don't even worry about it. Just make sure the box is clicked for Wednesday. If it's not, that's the, the key. For oh, it has to be clicked for Wednesday. Wednesday. You Wednesday. Have, so not, you have to go in and click it for Wednesday. You're saying, you have to have it checked for Wednesday. Dave had a great tweet about it. Just go check Dave's Twitter feed. Right. You can see what he did. He gave you a simple three-step process. It's very easy to follow. One of the steps is done, so it's yes. more like a two-step process. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm going to do it right now. I referenced it for the waiver column. It was very succinct. Just so I don't forget. All right, that's really, really important. You click your little commissioner tools. There's a gear and a C at the top right if you're the commissioner. Go to transaction policies, right? Transaction policies, yep. doing it right now. Yeah. And then, okay, uh, well, I'm in two fab leagues. So if you're in a fab league, it says night fab run. They're all clicked, so it's already set. Yeah, it should be already set for most people, but it's worth the commissioner just triple checking to make sure. And if anybody has any other questions about it, tweet me, email me, whatever. Okay, we, have, we the, are here the, to help. The way that it also works for those of you that do first come, first serve after waivers run. So I had this question just to make sure I got clarity on it. It Tuesday night after 2 a.m. Eastern, which is typically when the waivers run in CBS Sports Leagues, it's not first come, first serve. It's same as it would be on Wednesday night as it would be on Tuesday night. So if you're a crazy lunatic like me who's usually up at like 2 a.m. Eastern and you see waivers go through and then there's like, oh, I, why didn't I pick up this guy? I like him or this DST for next week or beat the waiver wire, any of those things, and you don't want to spend any fab, um, that's typically when you can get some players that you think are going to go through. Uh, you will, can still do that Wednesday night, but you can't do that Tuesday night. See, you call yourself a crazy lunatic. I think that's just you being Genius. dedicated to fantasy because I'm waking up every morning at like six and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm up early and I go and check my email and the waiver report is in there. And then right after that, Jamie Eisberg made an ad drop in this league. Jamie Eisberg <laughs> made an ad drop in that league. Genius. Like, wow. dedication. Jamie's been getting after it for a long, long time, man. That's dedication. It is. Picking up the scraps off the waiver heap. Yeah, it really benefits. I think I'm going to move to California so I can be better at fantasy and pick up everybody at 2 in the morning. Hawaii? You I, haven't yeah. walked to your mailbox. You're <laughs> going to go to California? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a much nicer walk, a much better In weather. Hawaii, you can just do it before you go to bed. Yeah, you're right. All right, All right. top waiver wire, top waiver wire priorities. And again, we'll come back to the schedule changing. We'll talk a lot about Deshaun Watson and, and Brandon Cooks at this point and uh, I'll just say that Randall Cobb is basically a free ad. He's on IR. If you have IR spots, you don't have to drop anyone to pick up Randall Cobb. He's not going to show up in the projections because he's out at least two more weeks. Maybe it's a nothing ad, but it's like it's just stashing someone, and perhaps he comes back in the fantasy playoffs and he's the number two wide receiver uh, for Houston. So it's you know you don't have to make it your number one priority, but I think stash him in an IR spot if you can. Uh, Cam Akers is one of the top priorities. Jamie, who else are we looking at? I think you got to look at Devontae Booker and, and Benny Snell. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to probably change that by the time we get to Thursday, potentially change that by the time we get to Wednesday night, I should say, excuse me. Um, because if we get positive reports on Josh Jacobs and practice on Wednesday, if he practices on Wednesday, I think Devontae Booker is off the table. 
But if he misses practice on Wednesday, which is probably going to be what happens, because why would they make him practice three days after hurting his ankle, which would just look like a horrific injury. Um, yes, thankfully, you know, the reports are, are positive, but I mean, we know how this goes. We know this is a guy that's got an injury track record. And so um, last year was a pretty clear indication. You know, he missed three games of the final four and DeAndre Washington was an absolute star. So there, there are several situations like that. You know, you have, again, we said Miles Gaskin may be coming back. DeAndre Swift may be coming back. If those guys don't come back, you saw what on Johnson and Adrian Peterson did on Thanksgiving. Um, wouldn't be an easy matchup for them, but still something that could be productive again if uh, Akeem Hicks is out. And then if there's no Miles Gaskin back, uh, DeAndre Washington seems to be the guy that the Dolphins are going to turn to because Matt Breida had a bad fumble against the Jets and DeAndre Washington was the one killing the clock. Those guys aren't must-start options. I look at those other three, uh, Akers being, as Dave said, a, a down-the-road type of guy. But if Devontae Booker starting for the Raiders against the Jets, he's a must-start running back. And if Benny Snell's starting for the Steelers, maybe it's Anthony McFarland. I, I think that's a borderline must-start running back against Washington in Week 13. What about Frank Gore, who no one really wants to start, but I'm at the point in my life where I just want fantasy points on my team. And I don't care if I'm starting. I don't care if I'm starting one of you guys. I just I need points, Aww. and I know he's going to play a lot, and I know he's taking on the Raiders. I'm I I think if if I really had to like if if Devon, I agree with you on all the stuff that you said about Booker and Snell, if they're not worth picking up, if Jacobs practices, if James Connors back, I'm down to Acres and Gore as my top two picks. And if you want to throw DeAndre Washington in there too, you can, but. I think I feel safest with Gore because I know he's going to get a decent workload. He had a couple of flashy runs against Miami, and now it's 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 a big workload against the Raiders. I'm kind of excited about yeah, adding I mean, Frank Gore. Flex. You know, I, I I guess you know I'm just looking at the order I gave Adam, and and obviously this is never set in stone when we do the show. Is uh, I have Gore behind the Falcons guys. You know, I, I think Gore's a safer option than them if Gurley's out. You know, just looking at their matchup against New Orleans. So yeah, Gore's probably in a better spot than those guys. But, like, for example, if you tell me Jonathan Taylor's out, I would much rather start Jordan Wilkins against the Texans as the backup guy, quote-unquote, than Frank Gore taking on the Raiders. Well, yeah, Taylor's I, supposed I, to come I, back, I, right? I mean, t- Taylor's Well, we hope so. Back. I mean, you just never know with, with the COVID stuff. Right. We don't know if he was True. positive or if he was near somebody he who was, was He was not the positive. There, there, there's, to Dave's point, Frank Gore you know is going to play. Right. Uh, so if you want – you know, whatever level of production you think he's going to give you, that's fine. Uh, I just don't think of him as somebody like if Booker starts, if Snell starts, what Akers can be. Uh, again, I'll take Jordan Wilkins over him in that matchup against Texans because they can't stop the run at all. Um, and and again, you know, DeAndre Washington, if he's a starter for Miami, I'll take all those guys over Frank Gore as, as a priority to pick up. But, you know, if you're stuck and you just want to make sure you get, you know, six or seven non-PPR points and maybe eight to ten PPR points, sure, you can take Frank Gore. Okay, I was under the impression that Jonathan Taylor has not tested positive. He was a close contact. His okay. girlfriend has Good, it. And that, and that makes me think he's got a great shot to play. Yeah, I, I do. I thought I saw that he's expect that they expect him to play this week, but I will try to confirm that. Um, and then, as far as Washington goes, you know, just you did mention the fumble, Jamie, but it looked like Matt Breida was getting the bulk of the carries before Breida fumbled. So I get a little nervous about Washington because you don't know how that's going to play out if both Ahmed and, and Gaskin are still out. We do see sometimes a guy gets, Ronald Jones, right? Guy gets benched mid-game for fumbling, comes back, and he's a starter the next week. So, uh, you know, you, you never know how that's going to turn out. Ronald Jones apparently needs 20 touches a game, according to Bruce Arians. That's also something. Oh, I'm sure he's going to get it. Bruce never <laughs> lies. Uh, and Depot Samuel obviously needs to be part of this discussion. So yes, he does. if you're loaded at running back, you don't need Devontae Booker this week. Uh, you don't need, I don't know, who's a better guy to, to just put on your bench? Uh, no, who's a better guy to have rest of season? Better way to phrase it. Devont, uh, Cam Akers, sorry, Cam Akers or Debo Samuel? Debo and it's not close. I think so too. Though I don't know if I can count on him to have this type of target volume every single game the rest of the season because once Brandon Ayuk comes back and if by some miracle George Kittle comes back, that'll bring his numbers down. But he's so he's so fun to watch. And how many catches do he have? 11? Is that right? 11. Six of the 11, three of them were pop passes, literally passes that traveled like a foot. Right. Um, as he as he had a sweep in front of the quarterback, he had two flare routes and one screen. So more than half of his half of his receptions and almost half of his targets were behind the line of scrimmage. But if they keep using him that way, he's the type of receiver who makes plays after the catch. He's physical. 
So it's almost like giving the running back, a fo- giving a running back the football. And uh, I, I think like a semblance of that role can continue when Ayuk's there. And if other people, if Jordan Reed starts to evolve into a big, bigger part of the offense, I think that that's good. But I, I, if those guys are out, we're talking about double digit catches every week. Yeah, I don't even care if Ayuk comes back in terms of what Debo could potentially be. He's not going to be this if Ayuk is there, but they use them so differently. I mean, Ayuk is more of a downfield option. Samuel's more of a, you know, do what you can with the ball in your hands and be a yak guy, you know. So uh, they'll use them the same way I think that they have been using them respectively. We just have not seen it together. We haven't seen it together without George Kittle. And so that's going to be the interesting part of how this whole puzzle fits. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Kittle anytime soon because I think week 16 is the earliest he's going to be back. Um, the the one concern would be is what happens if Garoppolo comes back. You know, is he going to change things for the better or maybe change things for the worse, you know, in terms of what those receivers could be? Because Mullins has a um, more of a YOLO mentality than, than Garoppolo does, at least seemingly. You know, he'll take more chances. And so I hope that's still good for both these receivers. Well, I'll tell you, Debo Samuel's been, he's had this role for a while because he's, his ADOT this year, his average depth of target is 1.7 yards. <laughs> it, is, it, is. it is unbelievable. It makes him extremely efficient. He's catching so many of his, tar- let me see what his catch rate is. I bet it's over 77%. And, and so you brought this up last really? year, Adam. Every time Kittle was out, he was great. Yeah, terrific without Kittle. 77% catch rate. It's not surprising, Dave. They, they throw it up at the line of scrimmage. No, I thought it would be higher. I, it's last three games, I think it's it's like through the roof. I think it's probably 22 catches on like 25 or 26 targets for Debo. So it, that's great in PPR. Very safe <laughs> yeah. floor. He's all right. the safest of all the players that we've talked about so far. I don't know if it even makes sense to have a fab conversation at this point. Does it? I mean, if you need one of these players, you're spending whatever you have to spend if your playoffs are on the line. Yeah, okay. But don't you need to save some of your fab for the playoffs too? I mean, obviously... Yeah, right, 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 right. So, like, if you're... um, If you're in the playoffs, you're not spending a lot unless you want to get Debo Samuel or one of these... That's the way to put it. Okay, yeah. but let, six and six. It's time to unload. Just real quick, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get into it a little bit more. We'll expand, but give me the quarterbacks and the tight ends you want to pick up this week. Well, Fitzpatrick is number one by far. You know, if he's the starter, that, that's the the part of this that's a little tricky. Again, you know, again, this is where the Wednesday waiver wire scenario comes into play because if Tua is practicing, then you're not going to go after Fitzpatrick. But if Tua is out, and if I'm Miami, I probably say Tua. You know, make sure your thumb is right, and we'll get you back in a couple weeks. Uh, it'd be great to have Fitzpatrick against the Bengals. So. He would be number one. And then two through four is interesting because they're all not trustworthy, but all in some pretty good spots. Uh, You got Trubisky, who his last four games against the Lions, 29, 24, 29, 41 fantasy points. Wow. Detroit stinks. Mm. He's coming off a strong game fantasy wise. And but again, is Nick Foles playing or is he not playing? You know, uh, Matt Nagy sort of said, why not? I believe was his answer when he asked if Trubisky is going to be the starter. Um, that sounds like a guy that's ready. I to get thought he fired. said, "I don't see why." I don't see why not. I thought is what what he said. Okay, okay. yeah, you're right. Um, but uh, I liked your answer better. Dude. Why not? You have you have what the uh, hell guys. You have Trubisky. You got Baker, who's got a good matchup against the Titans. I think that's going to be a sneaky high scoring game. Um, they have this is a fun stat. You, I know you like this stuff, Adam. So they've had all but one quarterback attempt at least twenty nine passes against them. Can you name the one? This is who? Which team? The Titans. No. I ben Roethlisberger. No. I don't know. Roethlisberger ben, threw a ton ben threw a lot them. against them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I'll give, you, I'll give you What's it'll the be a, a multiple choice. Was it A, Kirk Cousins, B, Lamar Jackson, C, none of the above? B. I was going to say Jackson. Kirk Cousins, 27 pass ah, attempts. Okay. Against the Tennessee Titans. Lamar Jackson was 29. So Baker, his last two games with over 28 pass attempts. Hey. He's been 22 or more fantasy points. Just got to check the weather. That's all. Uh, you got to check the weather. Make sure they have horrible weather. But you got Trubisky, Baker, and Phillip Rivers, who uh, the Texans, I didn't realize this because um, I think we typically think of them as a bad pass defense. No, they're good. They haven't allowed multiple touch, multiple passing touchdowns to a quarterback since week seven. Mm-hmm. But? Well, they've given up three of the last four, uh, 295 passing yards or more. But? 
Oh, Bradley Roby, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that really matters. <laughs> I mean, he was I think it does. Yeah, okay. Well, the yards are int- are important, though. Um, or three games ago, excuse me. Touchdowns, I guess, could come and go. But, yeah, I, they have a bad defense. Let's, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. This is a game where, especially if Jonathan Taylor plays, the Colts, I think, go back to ground and pound and just run all over the Texans because they can't stop the run. Right. So that's the concern with Rivers because he's been a mess. Um, but he does have 21 or more fantasy points in four of his last six and two of the, two in a row. So, And the tight They're ends? kind of in that boat of if you're, st- you know, like you're replacing Brady this week if, you're, if you need a bye week option. If you're still trying to manage the Drew Brees scenario, if you don't trust Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or any of those guys you've been starting, which I certainly can understand that. Uh, these are all guys that are in play. Well, h- how about if you don't trust Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or Josh Allen right now? Not benching those guys for these. Yeah. Okay. So what about tight end, uh, Dave? Give me a Unless f- you tell me Kyler's shoulder is shot. Give me. I did not like his answer when he was asked about his shoulder. It was very evasive. and. I mean, did if you watch the game, it kind of told you. I didn't see he enough of it to comment. Didn't run a ton. And he didn't throw downfield a ton. Yeah. So it's almost like they've regressed to a worse spot where they were earlier in the season. Because earlier in the year, yeah. they weren't really challenging well, downfield that much either, but at least Kyler was running. I, in my two Kyler leagues, I think that for the first time this year, other than his bye week, I think I am going to be looking to pick up a quarterback just to give myself the option, you know, and see how the week mm-hmm. unfolds a little bit. But I would like to put Ryan Fitzpatrick on those teams and, uh, and give and like I said, give myself the option to, uh, to go another I direction. Guess- I guess I'm sorry to back up. I thought we were talking about the other three guys. Fitzpatrick is oh. definitely in play ahead of those guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have it ranked that way, but I can certainly see where you're coming from, Adam. That if you want to get away from Watson, you want to get away from Kyler, uh, maybe Josh Allen also. Then you can look at at Fitzpatrick. What about Wilson? You don't put him in that group? Um, not no, because I, I think you know he's he's still healthy, and the Giants' defense, I think the strength is still in, in the run defense. I gotta tell you. This feels like the type of week where we all rush to Ryan Fitzpatrick and he just he lays an egg. We it's hap- it happens like once a year. Hasn't happened though with Miami very often though. Not I know, year. I know, no, but it, it, it I st- it didn't happen last year. There wasn't a game last year where we were all over him. I'm I sure there was Dante Parker often. left with an injury in the first yep, quarter against the Jets, the Jets and he struggled, but but once he got going, he pretty much didn't. And he's been 20 points or more every week except for week one. Uh, the, I think the big concern you would have is like they'd run all over the Bengals, but their run game is in shambles right. right now. That'll make you feel better about starting Fitzpatrick. He's also in the YOLO mode of, you know, he said this when he got benched. He said, I, I, I guess I just started my last NFL game. And then he got a gift to play against the Jets again. I'm sure he's looking at this as, and I was listening to um, uh, an interview with a, a local uh, sports writer, not a guy that covers the team, but a local sports writer. That was talking about he was watching a conversation between Fitzpatrick and Tua on the sidelines, I guess, two weeks ago, and was saying, like, he's Fitzpatrick's trying to show Tua the way he plays. And Tua's like, you know, I, I don't play that way. You know, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, and I heard him in the interview process, in the interview uh, after the Jets game, saying how he loves throwing to Parker because he's one of the best receivers he's ever played with at 50 50 balls. That's not but, Tua's game. Yeah. Tua is so used to playing in Alabama where everybody's wide open and he anticipates, you know, throws. Fitzpatrick's not a guy that anticipates throws. He just puts the ball in places where he gives his receivers a chance to make plays. And so that's why I think like Fitzpatrick's obviously better for Parker. Um, but in in Fitzpatrick's mind, how he approaches the game, I think he's going to go out there and have a good game. Okay. All right. We got to get to tight ends here. So Dave, give me a few tight ends. Yeah, I've got a list. It's not necessarily the preferred order. Happy to hash it out with everybody, but Dalton Schultz is at the top. Only because he's taking on the Ravens. We don't know what the Ravens defense is going to look like by the time that that game happens, whatever month that's in. He's first. Logan Thomas is second against the Steelers. Don't really love that matchup either. I love Austin Hooper's matchup against Tennessee, but it's Austin Hooper and he's basically a touchdown or bust tight end. Other guys are Jordan Reed, Trey Burton. Here are two. Here are two tight ends where. Well, let's see what again, you name. Well, let's see when you name what, the guy that JB has number one. <laughs> you haven't okay. done it yet. Well, there's two. For me, and maybe neither of the guys are who Jamie has. Kyle Rudolph is one, hey, there but you it's go. Con- it's contingent on whether or not Adam Thielen plays and whether or not Irv Smith yeah. plays. So you've got to see if they practice on Wednesday. And number two is Jordan Akins, who t- has a little bit of a downfield element to his game for Houston. Dropped a touchdown last week. That was ugly. Maybe someone in deeper leagues that you speculate on. Okay. 
So Jamie likes Rudolph the best, but is, would I you would agree like with Rudolph that? the best too if we knew that those guys were out. Okay. Yeah, it, for me, it doesn't really matter so much with Thielen. It obviously helps if Thielen's not there. But Irv Smith, the last two times that he's missed, he's got at least six targets in both those games, and he's taking on Jacksonville. They stink. They stink, but they're but actually they've gotten so much better. They, I don't think it's, it's like five or six weeks in a row where it's less than thirty-five yards. No, no tight yeah, end is more than thirty. What'd you say? Sorry. You're saying the same thing about the Bengals and they, their defensive tight ends, too. Yeah. They, Jacksonville's allowed nine touchdowns to tight ends on the season, two in their past four games. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I, I feel a lot better about Rudolph's role. I feel okay about it if Irv Smith isn't out there. I feel really good about it if Adam Thielen isn't out there. Yeah. I mean, he's still the guy I'm going to go to first if we get practice reports on Wednesday that Smith's not there. And here's the like, thing. Schultz is somebody that is just not trustworthy. You know, he's had one good game since Dalton took over. And it was the late touchdown two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I can't buy into him uh, against Baltimore, which is going to seemingly get some guys back. Whether they get everybody back, uh, who knows? But you know, that's a defense that I think is going to be very pissed off and angry after what's happened to them facing that Dallas offensive line, which is a disaster. So yeah, Schultz is off the table for me. Hooper, I like a lot. I think it's a good call. Um, you know, he's uh, he, he showed some life in some better weather last week. He had to, you know, led them in targets two weeks ago or receptions two weeks ago. Uh, Thomas is a good call. Akins is a good call, but Dalton Schultz is not somebody I'm picking up. That's fine. Um, the other thing I would say is if you go for Rudolph on Wednesday and by Friday, it's Irv Smith's back and Adam Thielen's back and you're not feeling confident enough to start Rudolph. Literally, you can take any of the other names that I told you. They're going to at least one or two of them will be on the waiver wire still. So you can drop Rudolph if you don't want to use him and go and get one of those other guys. There are so many traps at tight end. I mean, it's just these guys. It's not. It's not good. Uh, you know, there are cases to be made for all of them. Cases to be made against them. Jordan Reed looks like he has a really good matchup. Uh, I don't think Milano is coming back this week. But Buffalo hasn't allowed a touchdown to a tight end in their past five games. But they've seen a lot of bad tight ends. Yeah, they still give up the eighth so, most fantasy points to tight ends. And, maybe, but Jordan, I mean, look, maybe Jordan he's ten points in a PPR. Eighteen yards last week. I don't know. It's tight ends. I hope you have a good one. Uh, maybe Robert Tunyon's available. He's coming on strong. Maybe Zach Ertz is available. Make Mike Gesicki. He's seventy three percent owned. Maybe he's available. That'd be really nice. And it's yes, kind Jamie. Contingent though on Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and I'm expecting Fitzpatrick right now, but. Uh, it's the same thing. The Bengals and the and the Jaguars, they both stink against tight ends, but they're both getting better, giving up fewer yards, except last week, Evan Ingram had 129 yards against the Bengals, um, whereas Austin Hooper had just two targets, 13 yards, scored a touchdown at Jacksonville. Okay, guys, a uh, lot to get to. we got to talk about this Ravens situation. By the way, Gus Edwards, if you picked him up last week, that same, seemed like... It was literally a week ago. Um, well, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are both eligible to play on Wednesday. So that's weird. But Dave, it's been a stressful week. All this news, all this craziness, tweets, podcasts, HQ. You've had a busy, busy week. You, my friend, need a moment to chill. What do you reach for when you need to chill? I reach for the mountain cold refreshment of Coors Light. It's made to chill. And this has been a go, go, go type of week, man. There has not been a break at all. Um, a friend of the podcast tweeted me and said, man, covering the NFL, it feels like it's a full-time job this week. I'm like, you don't say it's really how it kind of goes every week during the football season. It's kind of what I've been doing for the last 15 years. So when I did get a break this week, of course I hit my patio and popped open an ice cold Coors Light. It was delicious. It was clean. I didn't have that gross aftertaste that I've had when I've drafted, when I've when I've drafted, when I've selected a a uh, a craft beer in round one of my, I want to have a different type of beer league. Wow, that was bad. Love those uh, leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> you know what leagues are great—the ones where you just don't have to think about the picks, and your number one overall choice is Coors Light. That's what I did, and uh, and it was perfect. It was a perfect way to end my weekend and start getting ready for the next week. All right, so that's the that's the beer that Dave chooses when he needs to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. G-E-T, get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So Baltimore-Pittsburgh tomorrow at, four, at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday afternoons, a great day. For, uh, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins are going to be eligible. So, yeah, like who are you going to start? Dobbins coming off that 
exciting game. If, like, let's say you picked up Edwards or you have Benny Snell or something like that, and you also have J.K. Dobbins. I guess who's the best running back in this game now? There's a league where I, I've got Edwards and Dobbins. I'm going to have to start one of them. What are you going to do? <laughs> Hot shot. I, uh, I, I think I might pivot to Dobbins because they need, they need playmakers, the Ravens, on offense. They're missing their biggest one. Yeah, it's again, it feels like a long time ago, but last Sunday night, we were talking about how this might might have been J.K. Dobbins' launching point. They seem to have mm-hmm. given him the role, and hopefully, Two well, right, eight, eight, eight yes. nine days ago, right? Um, okay, Pittsburgh, Washington in week 13 is now Monday at 5 p.m., and Baltimore, Dallas is now Tuesday at 8 p.m. next week. And this allows Lamar Jackson to get back in time for that game. They're a COVID list. I mean, they're front seven. Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Pernell McPhee, Matt Judon, all on the COVID list. So they could be a much, much different defense. I, and to be honest with you, I don't know who's eligible to come back tomorrow other than Dobbins and Edwards. That's the only Is one that's been them? reported. Okay. Yeah, well, they've got such key pieces on defense. I, I hope they can get healthy and at least give us a, a good game. I know Jackson won't be there, but... You know, it's been an emotional roller coaster for the Ravens. It's been an emotional roller coaster the last three weeks in the same fantasy league for young Ben. Ben Schrager, Shraggy B, Swagger Shrag, Schrager Jagger. I don't know if I forget all the nicknames I have. Oh, I should just stop now. Okay, yeah. Ben, what is going on in your home league? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, miracle, touchdown, I win, two points. Travis Kelsey scores the touchdown last week. Car throws an interception. I win by one point. <laughs> Last night, I'm up by 2.5 points with the Seahawks defense, and I lose uh, on Richard what Rogers. was that? Richard Rodgers' miracle catch that meant nothing? Yeah, it, it's been a rough week, but the previous two weeks were pretty nice to me. That is wild, man. For the, the Hail Murray, the interception by Derek Carr in desperation mode, and then the touchdown by Richard Rodgers to decide your league all by two or fewer points three weeks in a row. That's why fantasy football is fun, ladies and gentlemen. And Twitch is also fun. Join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, for some waiver wire talk. Uh, Twitch.com slash FF today. And make sure you're watching HQ. If you don't see the noon show, uh, to, uh, today, tomorrow, and Thursday, it's at 1 p.m. actually. So if you... Thursday is at 1.30 p.m. We're going to do a extended... NFL pregame show that will have some fantasy elements to it. Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday, I'm sorry. Wednesday, okay. So 1, 131, is that what you're saying? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, I don't know Thursday's time yet. Okay. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, you, can, you can follow Jamie on Twitter, he'll let you know. And you can watch it on demand if you miss it on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app, scroll down till you see the familiar faces of fantasy football today. All right, so finally, let's talk about Will Fuller here. He's been suspended for six games for violating the PED policy. What does this mean for Deshaun Watson? What does it mean for Brandon Cooks, Dave? It's not good. We're talking about a guy who represented about a quarter of Watson's completions, a quarter of his yards, and a third of his touchdowns. He was a huge, huge piece of the Texans' offense. He stayed healthy all year. Maybe this is why, or this is how. Now we know why he didn't get traded. Um, But it, it, it definitely takes away the biggest element of this Texans passing game that we all saw on Thanksgiving, and that's the deep ball. Defenses can defend them a lot differently now. I'm not quite sure Brandon Cooks can do that type of thing. He's been very good as a mid-range type of receiver, so he's taken advantage of Fuller taking the top off of opposing defenses. I, I'm, I'm almost certain that we're going to see defenses play them a heck of a lot differently now. It's going to make it harder on Deshaun Watson for sure. And, uh, you know, there's going to be interesting Kiki QT off the waiver wire and Cobb is a great call at him. And Isaiah Coulter is another name that people might keep in mind, but it's just not going to be the same type of offense without Fuller there. I wonder if they bring back Kenny Stills. I mean, you know, they just let him go. I don't know if that even would, would change a lot. I don't think that would give, I, that doesn't breathe enough life back into Deshaun Watson. Where, oh no. I mean, where he is he? Top three quarterback. Where is he? Like rest no. of season. He's what? Top 12. Watson. Yeah. He's still top 10 for me. I mean, I think you'll see him do enough with his legs. He's going to go from a 27 to 30 type of guy to a 20 to 24 type of guy, you know, so um, schedule gets tougher. You know, we'll see if DeForest Buckner plays. That's a big piece for that Colts defense who he's got this week Um, and Autry and, you know, as well. So uh, we saw what Ryan Tannehill was able to do. 
Um, you know, Watson's going to have to make plays with his legs. He's going to have to get more out of Brandon Cooks, more out of Aikens, uh, more out of QT. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll have to involve their running backs a little bit more. They got creative with the play to Duke Johnson, you know, maybe they do something similar like that. But, um, you know, he's, he's still a running quarterback that has enough potential with his limited receiving core to still be a starting fantasy quarterback in most leagues. Well, look, he's, he is playing so unbelievably well. I want to give you some some context here. Will Fuller, by the way, on a per-game basis, is the number six wide receiver in non-PPR, number 10 in PPR. He well, is Oh, per game, I'm sorry. Yeah, per game, per game. He has 879 yards and eight touchdowns on 75 targets. Brandon Cooks, you know, for the year, Brandon Cooks is the number 39 wide receiver on a per-game basis. But since week, uh, in his last seven games, when he really got going, he's top 12. He has been terrific and on pace for 96 yards over 96 catches over 1300 yards, seven touchdowns in his last seven games. So Cooks has been great. Fuller, both of them top 12 wide receivers over that seven game stretch. Watson, slow start. First three weeks, slow start. Since week four, here are your QB leaders in terms of six point per passing touchdown leagues and their fantasy points. Mahomes is one, 238. Watson, 237. Herbert, 234. Murray 234, Rogers 227, Brady 225. And Wilson actually not really that close uh, because his best three weeks were pretty much his first three weeks. So since then, you know, it, it, Mahomes and Watson are tied. Mahomes has one more fantasy point. That's how good Watson has been since week four. Uh, so it's disappointing. Um, but he's played so well. Hopefully he can do what Aaron Rodgers did and, you know, be good without Devontae Adams. But it's well, what is it? The Colts. Remember what I said about Watson at the beginning of the season that I thought he was going to have an MVP campaign. Yeah, if, uh, preseason if those two guys stayed healthy of Fuller mm-hmm. and Cooks, and we said it was going to be a tough start to the season. Obviously, with that schedule, he's been amazing. It's a shame that the Texans are where they are because he would be in the MVP conversation if they were a playoff caliber team. And he, you know, for what it's worth, he's played them back into you know back end contention. They're not going to make it by any stretch because their schedule is so tough and their defense is not good. They'd have to win out to have a chance. <laughs> They'd have to win out to have a chance. They have to get 97 and hope for a lot of things to happen. But um, he's he's played at an MVP pace. You know, he's justifying his contract. He's, you know, justifying the fact that he can get by without DeAndre Hopkins, but he can't get by to the same level without Hopkins and Fuller. It's yeah. just unfortunate. And for Fuller, you know, for dynasty purposes, this is really, you know, tough to gauge now because he's going to miss the first two games of next year. He's a free agent going into this offseason. You know, I mean, this this benefits the Texans because they could probably get a, a a hometown discount. You know, if he wants to stay there, which I hope he does, because you see what the the rapport is. And by the way, if whatever he was taking allowed him to do this, sign me up. Thus, it allowed him to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we got, we do have to get back to the waiver wire. I'd love to talk more about this. Maybe tomorrow we will. Um, but will you start? He's got look. He's got the Colts, Bears, and Colts in his next three games. Deshaun Watson. Will you pick Yikes. up R- Ryan Fitzpatrick and start Fitzpatrick over Watson this week? I'm not there. I can't do that. Okay. No, but if you tell, well, Fitzpatrick got a tough match. They're at Kansas, they get Kansas City in week uh, in week 14. Um, if it's if Watson struggles this week to a level of like just awful, awful football, then you you got to panic. But this week, I think you're still starting, especially if you don't. The Colts don't have those two guys in in uh, Buckner and Autry. Give me your top three at each position. and uh, I'll give you some more news and notes real quick. Josh Jacobs waiting on his ankle. It's a sprained ankle, not as severe as we first thought. Could see Gurley and Julio back this week. Bruce Arian said Ronald Jones needs to have 20 touches. Daniel Jones likely to miss some time. He has an outside shot of playing this week against the Seahawks, but you should expect Colt McCoy. Mitchell Trubisky likely to start. I don't see why not. X-rays were negative on DJ Moore's ankle, but we don't know if he'll be available after the bye week. The 49ers are going to play their next two games in Arizona. They're not allowed to play in their home state, or in their hometown, rather. Um, Joe Mixon could be back in week 14. I think they're playing three of their next four in Arizona because they play the Cardinals on the road. Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering what locker room they're going to get when they're the home team in Arizona. That's kind of... Probably the home locker room. You'd think. Or maybe they'll set something else up. I don't know. Uh, Joe Mixon, people asking, can I, should I drop Joe Mixon? He, there was a report he could be back next week, so don't do it just yet. We haven't talked about this, but Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach for Detroit as they fired Matt Patricia. You see what happened to him this weekend? Daryl yes. Bevel? Yes. No, I did not. Totally funny. So he has two daughters, or at least two daughters, and both of their uh, boyfriends asked him for their hand in marriage. No way. The same weekend that he was promoted to interim head coach. 
And then he announced that to the media before the guys could actually propose. That is the best week weekend of his life. And it was Thanksgiving. I mean, that's tremendous. What a week for Daryl Bevel. Okay, so let's just give me... Let's go top three at each position real quick. Then we'll do the Eagles and Seahawks game and the drop meter and then we'll get even further into the waiver wire. But just so we don't go any longer without saying names that we need to say, and we've talked about a lot of names today. Top three quarterbacks are Fitzpatrick followed by... Trubisky and Baker for me. Dave? I have the same order. Okay. Top three running backs are... Well, as of now, they are uh, Devontae Booker, Benny Snell, and Cam Akers. For me, it would be Booker, Snell, Gore. Not if I needed If I needed a running back for week 13, it's Gore. If I wanted to speculate, it's Akers. In fact, if I really just wanted to speculate and I didn't need a running back for week 13, I would assume that Jacobs and Connor would be back eventually anyway, and Akers would be first on the list. Okay. Wide receiver, we've really only talked about Debo Samuel, so who else? It's Debo one. I'm going to go back to Tim Patrick two, and then Kiki QT just to see what happens there three. Wow. I don't <laughs> I don't even feel good about my second and third options. I, I don't feel good about Tim Patrick because I don't think it's going to be Drew Locke. If it's Locke, then sure. Why would it not be Drew Locke? Because they're signing Pat Shermer's kid. Like they they obviously have some sort of concern about who they're going to have available to play quarterback this week. Oh, I would, well, I would assume that it would be Locke. He's not starting. They are I would be too, but they, why they are, are they why are they signing Pat Shermer's kid? They're mad. They're they are considering punishing these quarterbacks for putting them in that situation that they were in last week. I don't know what that exactly means, but they are really it seemed they are openly discussing how disappointed they are. In their three quarterbacks, right? Drew Locke issued an apology. Yeah. So if it Patrick with Locke, of course. Why, of course, he hasn't really been that good. I mean, no, you take away that we know that lucky because we catch. know Denver's going to have to throw a ton against Kansas City. Locke will over-target him. Hopefully, it'll result in some good numbers. I mean, he's a distant second to Debo Samuel to put it in perspective. Of course, right? uh, almost yeah. everybody that we're talking about is a distant second to Debo Samuel. I, I kind of like, not this week, but if Daniel Jones gets healthy, I mean, I really think Sterling Shepard, you got to have him in P, in PPR leagues. We just don't know if he's going to be healthy, though. I mean, he could be great with McCoy. He was yeah. initially the guy I had second, but it's just so hard to trust with McCoy. I, do not think I don't mind him with McCoy, but I just feel like his ceiling is 12 PPR points and his floor is 10 PPR points. Mm-hmm. It's totally, three receiver PPR, it just feels like, oh, what about Jacoby Myers, you know? Jacoby Myers, 60% rostered. And you know, let me let me go back to this because Myers faces the Chargers this week. Chris Harris came off IR last week for the Chargers, and did he just shut down Cole Beasley? Is that what happened? Is that what's going to happen to Jacoby Myers? They made things tough on both their receivers in Buffalo. Sure did, unless you were throwing it. Unless Beasley was throwing a touchdown pass. Yeah, so maybe it's a bad matchup for Myers. I don't know if he's going to see Chris Harris. I, I just they also got a hell of a game out of Bosa. Oh, oh that. Yeah affected Josh Allen. All right. Well, look, wide receiver's tough. Wide receiver's tough this week. Hopefully, maybe there's Corey Davis available or something like that. We'll go That's this. the thing. There's guys in that range that are, like, Lazard just misses the cut. If he's available, I mean, he looks mm-hmm. great against the Bears. Top three no, tight he ends? The Bears. He's got the Eagles now. Right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, top three tight ends? Uh, Kyle Rudolph for me would be one. Austin Hooper would be two. And number three would be uh, Logan Thomas. I would start the week with Rudolph as your number one guy. Thomas would be second for me. Uh, Hooper would be third. I am off the... Schultz would be behind those guys. I'm not going to say that he's off the table for me, but I, I the offensive line is an obvious issue for Dallas that you got to figure out. If you have Evan Ingram, are you pivoting to a waiver wire guy? No, because I think nope. that's one guy Colt McCoy will definitely lean on. Okay. And DSTs. Let's get some DSTs. Yeah, another crappy position for this week because a lot of the good ones are already picked up. But the Bears against the Lions, I mean, we've seen what this Detroit offense looks like without Galladay there. Uh, the Raiders against the Jets because it's the Jets. And the Vikings against the Jaguars because it's the Jaguars. Where was, where were the I, Chiefs I got the Chiefs ranked? in there too just because of the Broncos quarterback I think situation. The uh, unavailable. They're like 68-ish or something. So they just okay. missed the cut. But where would they rank? I was going to be my question. They're top 10. Mm-hmm. Would they rank ahead of Chicago and Las Vegas no. and Minnesota? Uh, over Chicago, yes. Raiders, no. Yeah. Uh, 
Actually, I think I have the Bears ahead of the Raiders too. But here's the thing, guys. Like, we don't know who's calling plays for the Jets, so we don't have that competitive <laughs> advantage. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> uh, and the kickers? Who are the kickers, Jamie? imagine they're considering keeping that guy? They're not. They're not. You say that, but that's not what the NFL circles are saying. There's no way. I will. We will. Be, I if will I'm bet Trevor anything. Lawrence, I'm staying in school. I, or I'm Jamie, pushing my way out of this. I'll bet anything. There's no I'm way out of cases. It's back. just weird to hear. I mean, Joe Douglas likes him. They're buddies. Then fire him too. Yeah, he's been good. They haven't won a game. How many games have they even been competitive in? Joe Douglas has made some great moves. I agree, but if, if one of his great. next great moves is let's stick with Adam Gase, then I question. Yeah, it. this is where friendship has to end. Right. Okay, they can still be friends. I don't care. What is what is more likely? Steelers go sixteen and zero. Or Jets go 0-16? Jets go 0-16. Oh, easy, Jets. <laughs> Steelers have a, a pretty easy schedule. I, hey, listen, I, I think both could happen. I don't see. Maybe at New England. Maybe Las Vegas this week. Some point. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Jets. Uh, maybe Las Vegas. This might be their best chance to win. This is, this is absolutely their last best chance. It's kind of why I'm a little queasy about the Jets. The, uh, the Raiders DST. The yeah. Steelers, the Steelers mm-hmm. don't have the... And plus, they stink. Steelers, okay, the Steelers have the Ravens, but I think they should beat them given the circumstances. Washington, on a short week, but uh, should uh, you know should win. At Buffalo could be tough. At Cincinnati, Indianapolis, at Cleveland. All right, the Steelers the Steelers could trip up. All right, sorry, guys. Um, got distracted. Kickers, Jamie? Again, not another list where there's a lot of great options out there, but Nick Folk against the Chargers. Uh, Matt Gay against the Cardinals and Greg Zerline against the Ravens. Cool. We'll take a break on fantasy football today. We'll come right back, recap last night's game, dig deeper into the waiver wire. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Seattle 23 and Philadelphia 17. This is a game that has a lot to unpack, I think, from a fantasy standpoint here. Okay, so I'm going to fire away with a bunch of questions. One, are you concerned about Chris Carson's workload? Go. Yes. No. Carson played 37% of the snaps. Carlos Hyde played 61% of the snaps. Hyde was in there quite a bit early on. I am checking the fourth quarter game log just to get an exact idea of how many touches those guys had. Hyde had seven carries for four yards in the fourth quarter, and Carson had one. So they, I think they were just splitting a little bit too much for my liking earlier in the game, and it ended up with Hyde just closing out the game. Those are carries I would have preferred Carson to get. First game back from an extended absence for a guy with a foot injury that's got an injury track record. They were well ahead in this game. They were giving Hyde the chance to close out the game. I am not concerned at all about Chris Carson. The injury thing is valid, but even when it was a tight game, I mean, there was a lot of Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early on, it was a little discouraging. And then you watched how Car- Chris Carson ran compared to what Carlos Hyde yeah, that's, ran. That's true. And, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, they get to next week and it's Chris Carson's backfield again. I'm not concerned at all. He's in the top. Okay. He's a top 10 running back for me once again. this week. But they've got a matchup against the Giants and it's not an easy matchup to begin with. And I doubt that the Giants with Colt McCoy are going to put up a lot of points against the Seahawks. We could see something similar play out next week. They might be saving Carson for when they really, really need him. And that's when they unleash him. Yeah, they got to win the division and get you know some semblance of a. I get it, but a, a, a first round buy. I'm, I'm I get it. All right, all right, all right. It's cool. I got more. I got more for you here. Miles Sanders. How concerned right. are you about Miles Sanders? More concerned about him. I mean, you know, this offensive line stinks. This offense stinks. Um, you know, this is a telling week because the Packers are terrible against the run. You know, I mean, they made David Montgomery look like a star last week again. So. I'm still starting Miles Sanders, but he's not a top 10 running back for me. He's in the top 15. And if you tell me Jonathan Taylor's out, I'm going to start Naheem Hines over Miles Sanders this week. If I told you Josh Jacobs were out, were you gonna, would you start Devontae Booker over Miles Sanders? I would Sanders? start Devontae Booker over him if you tell me Josh Jacobs is out. Okay. If they don't use Miles Sanders properly against the Eagles, against the Packers, then fire everyone. Okay. Like Carson Wentz is so like bad. Doug trying to get fired. I, it's ridiculous. Like Carson Wentz, they cannot <laughs> throw the ball. So stop throwing the ball. I, it's like an, a little bit of an idea for you. Okay. You got into a little bit of a rhythm at the end of the first half and the beginning of the third quarter, but it just was awful. Everything else around that. 
And his decision at the end of the game, A, why Peterson didn't kick a field goal at that point when it was fourth and four. And then Wentz, I don't know what he was thinking, that throw. Which to Dallas throw? Goddard in the middle of the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett, three catches for 23 yards on four targets. He now has 67 or fewer yards in seven of his last eight games. Of course, the outlier was 200 yards and three touchdowns. Is Tyler Lockett still a must-start? I wish the Seahawks actually moved to Arizona because anytime the Cardinals are involved, Tyler Lockett is a star. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's just when DK Metcalf isn't destroying everyone. It's right. good so for maybe Lockett. Bradbury against Metcalf. Russell goes uh-huh. a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm still starting Tyler Lockett. Yeah, there's right. too much upside to ignore. You know what he's capable of doing when he gets the opportunity to do it. And... Last question. Can Darius Slay cover DK Metcalf one-on-one? Well, what's your definition of cover? Run with him? But yeah, be in the same, I guess, be, general be like vicinity. like a fly on the, on, on the back of his, you know, jersey? Actually, better last question is is your thought your, your thoughts on Russell Wilson. Because now, let's look at his fantasy points in his last four games. 25 at Buffalo, 9 at the Rams, 23 against Arizona, 16 at Philadelphia, through 31 passes in this game. Not like he played poorly or anything. Just didn't didn't get the numbers. Um, right. What do you think? I mean... He was a yard away from another touchdown with DK Metcalf, you know, falling down at the one. Um, I, I'm still starting Russell Wilson. He's a top three quarterback for me this week against the Giants. I'd rather have him than Deshaun Watson. Yes. Okay. The drop-o-meter, folks. Who are we dropping? Zero to ten. Mike Davis. Zero. You can't drop him. You don't know what's going to for sure happen with McCaffrey starting in week 14. Christian Kirk. Uh, six. Three. Mike Williams. Zero. Five. <laughs> J.D. McKissick. Zero. PPR. Six. And a non-PPR. Okay. Cam Newton. At the Chargers uh-huh. this week. I would say he's like a seven on the drop meter. What'd you say, Jamie, for Cam? Two. Zach, you guys are not on the same page today. All right, that's good. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Zero. Uh, Just to have the bench depth. Three for both. Okay. Jamison Crowder. Eight in non-PPR, three and a half in PPR. This is this is such a. I mean, he gotta he's gotta play well this week. <laughs> the Raiders are so yeah. bad. Uh, it's it's I, almost I, like Darnold saw what Flacco did and was like, oh, I want to do that too. And he threw a little bit longer to Mims. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Darnold's got to put things on tape for himself at this point because he's not going to be with the Jets next year. So he's probably trying to show teams he can throw downfield. Um, you know, uh, whichever. You know, maybe I need to make sure I say this because I'm going to forget. Maybe Brashad Perryman should be the number two wide receiver. On waivers. I have him on the list. It's just a matter of, you know, can you trust him? Is he better than Mims? They both have right. targets last yeah, week. Yeah, I think he's better than I, Mims. He's been I, better. I, I kind of like what I saw from Mims. I've liked what I've seen from both these guys, but yeah, I might trust I mean, Mims a little more because he's not just a... Like, I feel like Perriman is, is very much a deep ball guy. And Mims can do that, but he's also proving himself on crossing routes and mid-range stuff. And I think that's better for Darnold. Okay. So I'm sorry, Jamison Crowder, zero to ten, drop a meter. I'm gonna give him one more week. Darius Slayton, eight. That's like a five in non PPR and a six in PPR. Sterling Shepard, zero. Adam, yeah, zero in PPR. Colt McCoy, zero. No, it's a drop a meter, ten. No, I mean it's Colt McCoy for Sterling Shepard, oh. you know. Um, Johnu Smith. Well, we, again, we just don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah, Johnu Smith. Oh, it's discouraging. He played a lot and he didn't even see a target. He's definitely droppable. You've got to put him in at least like seven. I'll give him another week. Last one. Uh, well, a combo. T Higgins. Would you give him another week in your starting lineup, though? Yeah, I mean, the only guy I would start over him if he's the starter is Rudolph. Okay. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Zero. Um, zero. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize they had such great games that were so inspired. Well, again, I want to see one more week what happens. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Waiver wire. We'll put it this way. If you see Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins on the waiver wire and you can't get Debo Samuel, 
those guys are better than everybody else that's, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, right. That's true. Tyler Boyd or a Jet? Probably Boyd, but that that's a bad team. Boy, they're awful. Boyd did have an end zone target late in the game, drew a bad pass interference call, but at least the, he had that. Good for him. Quarterbacks. I, I mean, you know, it's not like he was bad. He called all five of his targets. Oh, yeah. Uh so, yeah, we've given you the, the scoop on the, the skinny on the quarterbacks, but we didn't mention Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins. Tannehill is 84% rostered, so he's probably not available, but he's got now the soft part of the schedule has arrived. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, how would you rank him with Fitzpatrick and Trubisky, et cetera, for Kirk Cousins? He would be number week? one. Uh, he'd be number two for me. Fitzpatrick would be one, and then Cousins, too. What about Matthew Stafford? What if he gets Galladay back? He's seventy-two percent rostered. You know, I, I I left him out on purpose because because like if, if there's no Galladay, he's droppable. <laughs> if there is Galladay, he's startable. So yeah, he's in kind of that purgatory uh, spot. I think he would be uh, he'd be behind Fitzpatrick, probably ahead of Cousins. Okay, let's. Wow, no uh, love for Cousins. I do like Cousins. He's a top uh, thirteen guy for me. Yeah, I've got him top ten. Let's talk about the, and the he's been good. running backs that might be might be available in some of your leagues. J.K. Dobbins, 82% rostered. Gaskin, 81%. James White, 80%. And now he faces a matchup with the Chargers. Only three running backs all year have more than 23 receiving yards against the Chargers, but they haven't really faced a lot of good pass catchers. Uh, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams. And also, should be said, like get your handcuff. If you can get your handcuff, get your handcuff. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Dob- Dobbins, Gaskin, James White, Murray, Jamal Williams, Jamie, if all five of them are available, who are you picking up? All of them. Um, I would pick up Gaskin first. I would pick all up Dobbins second. Huh? All of them. I like that. They're all better than the guys that we've talked about. I mean, that's just the nature of this right well, now. Well, they're not better than Booker. Like, They're not well, better than Booker depending. if Booker's starting. Depending. But again, you know, it's not like, at least according not to the reports, that. you know, you get Jacobs for one week. Gaskin's probably the starter for the rest of the season for Miami, I would assume. Well, that's a great question. You know, what are they going to do when Gaskin and Ahmed are both healthy? They're going to use them both. Gaskin more so than Ahmed. I mean, it hasn't been their MO, so we'll see. Yeah. No, it'll be like 60% Gaskin. The rest will go to Ahmed. Gaskin's been pretty receivey. Receivery, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, he could that's have that the role. role he's going to have a lock on. <laughs> Receivey, righty. And then how about? Uh, oh yeah, how about the Lions guys like Adrian Peterson, Carryon Johnson? If how would you prepare for them at this point, not knowing the status of DeAndre Swift? I would prefer Carryon just because you saw what he was able to do as a pass catcher. I mean, Peterson's going to need to score touchdowns to be better than Carryon again. I don't want to count on that, so I'll take Carryon over Peterson. But both guys are in play as flexes if there's no DeAndre Swift especially if there's no Akeem Hicks. If they are on your waiver wire right now and they just took on Houston and no one in your league went to pick them up, then no one's going to make a big move for them. Those, the, you know what Chicago. Dave said about Frank Gore? It's the same thing. You know, if you just need points, those guys are going to get you points. Gore's in a better spot because he's by himself, essentially. Right. But, you know, those guys are the same type of caliber of players. If you, if you want to bank on the I need numbers game, then Frank Gore and the Lions guys are worth it. If you want to bank on upside, you are not picking up any of these guys. Wide receivers. So the ones that you got to cross your fingers to see if these guys are available. Brandon Ayuk, Corey Davis, Cole Beasley, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Pittman, and Alan Lazard. So again, it's uh, it's Ayuk, Corey Davis, Beasley, Aguilar, Pittman, Lazard. First of all, if you have them on your roster... How many of them would you drop for Debo Samuel? All. Uh, Aguilar and Pittman for sure. Beasley probably. Ayuk is interesting, man, because I want to see how those two guys look together. Ayuk might be better. They had one game together, and Ayuk had the better game. He had 100 yards, I think, right? That was the New, that was a kittle, right? New England game. It must have been. I will confirm that because I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, and then Corey, like Corey Davis is 11 or more PPR fantasy points in seven of eight games. He's really good. Actually, no. I think it's, it's, 10, 10. it's, I think it's 10. 10. It's 10 or more in eight of nine games, I think. But it's um, down last week. Couldn't get that last point. Yeah, he had 10 last week. So it was. Now he gets Cleveland. 
Browns with a depleted secondary. We don't know if Miles Garrett will and be then back. Jacksonville and then Detroit. You know. Mm-hmm. So Corey Davis or, or Debo Samuel, who you got? Still Debo. This one could come down to: Do you want to save your fab points or not? Because I don't think there's that much difference between them. Debo's got a higher ceiling. But if you want to save your fab points for the playoffs, I wouldn't spend it to go get Debo Samuel if I have Corey Davis. Nelson Aguilar this week against the Jets at the Jets. The Jets have allowed 98 or more yards to a wide receiver in five straight games. Could that be Aguilar? I mean, it was Renfro, it was Ruggs, it was Aguilar kind of even last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, basically... Trying to get Ruggs going. Is Aguilar a keep or a drop or a what right now? If you can get Debo or these other guys, you're dropping him. He's the other guys meaning the ones above the, the 65% threshold. I love him, but he's he drops a pass every game. He dropped a sideline route last week. He, he's he's droppable. Okay, well, the, it's a good matchup. Not Jets, don't drop him this week. Right, Play, Jets, well, I don't know if I can start him this week. Play him this week against the Jets. They've allowed seven uh, pass uh, plays of 40-plus yards. That's a that lot. Rugs. Rigs. Uh, well, if it's rugs, that's annoying. I'll just say that because it's... Aguilar's been much better than Ruggs, but it could be. Maybe they get him going. All right, and then other guys to know. So you've got Debo. you got Tim Patrick, who Jamie likes. you got Kiki Cutie, Brashad Perryman and Denzel Mims, Sterling Shepard. Darnell Mooney got nine targets. He's had nine or more targets in three games this year. He hasn't done anything in any of them, basically. Sammy Watkins is on this list. Hunter Renfro. Colin Johnson had a big game for Jacksonville, 96 yards and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis caught a touchdown, 79 yards. Yeah. Those are those are names. Those are players. They're people too. Davis is interesting because he gets more playing time with John Brown out. All right. Any anything and, to add there, Jamie, or just move on? I wish there was other things to add, buddy. I okay. wish it was. There are uh, tight ends. You know, the thing that we may get to, um, and I guess I should say this is I'll probably update the column Wednesday. If we get to Wednesday's practice report and we find out some things have changed with other players, other teams. I'll update it for people making their waiver moves Wednesday. Okay. Tight ends. Dallas Goddard could be available if he is. I mean, 75 yards and a touchdown, two straight games. Mike Kosicki, great matchup against the Bengals and better with Fitzpatrick. And Zach Ertz. All right, so who's going to be the best Eagles tight end going forward? Goddard. you got to bank on Goddard at this point just from the standpoint of they're done at this point. I know they're still mathematically alive in the NFC East, shockingly. It's so funny. If you look at the... Projected draft order for 2021 <laughs> and the <laughs> NFC East standings, they're they're mirroring each other. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um uh Goddard is their future. They're probably moving on from Zach Ertz. I can't imagine they go away from Goddard too much. So you gotta look at Goddard as that guy. Okay. So if if Robert Tunyon and Zach Ertz are both available in your league, in your 10 team league, who would you pick up? I'm picking probably up Tunyon because I know he's gonna play against Philly this week. Okay. The the thing about Tunyon though is he's played well the last two weeks. He's got five targets in each game. It's not like he's being you know heavily used. It's just he's finding the end zone. Kyle Rudolph, Austin Hooper, Logan Thomas, Trey Burton. We didn't talk about Jordan Aikens, um, Jordan Reed, Dalton Schultz. It's not great, but Trey Burton at Houston this week and he had a pretty good game. Forty two yards and a touchdown on six targets against Tennessee. And he threw a pass. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what's your interest level in Trey Burton? It's moderate. You know, I mean, he's not a, a, a priority. Uh, Aikens should be ahead of him. Um, I just didn't give you the right order. Um, so it's, you know, Logan Thomas has, you know, been very consistent. You know, he just doesn't see a huge volume. You'd like to see that go up a little bit, but I'm going to guess they're throwing a lot this week against the Steelers, so that should help him. Um, to me, it's Rudolph and Hooper are the two best guys, and, and Hooper is probably not available in most leagues, so Rudolph is, is you know, 22% is his roster percentage. He's going to be available. Aikens is 17%. So those two guys, you can see what the upside is. Rudolph short-term, Aikens potentially long-term. So if you're looking at from that standpoint, those two guys might be the best. All right. And obviously with Will Fuller out, and we'll see what Darren Fells' situation is. But if... Um, oh, he played. I'm sorry. So I, I thought he was questionable. But okay. Darren Fells is good to go then. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. We were we were excited about Aikens last week because uh, he was coming off because of, of Cobb and because of Cobb and Stills, right? Not right. because of uh, not but because of Aiken, Fells. And and you, it wasn't just he dropped two touchdowns. Yeah, he dropped two touchdowns, Aikens. So uh, let's keep that in mind. This is a tough matchup this week against Indy. That's the only problem with that. Yeah, 
DSTs, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Chiefs, if they're available. They're 69% owned. We're looking at them and Nick Folk, Matt Gay, and Greg Zerline. And that is it for today's show. We had a lot to talk about. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it. We got you tomorrow before the Wednesday afternoon game. That's weird. Um, And we will get into some starts and sits for the week and, of course, preview all the games on Thursday and Friday. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.